Welcome to the Crazy Love Podcast. In our culture of independence, we don't like to be reminded of how helpless we really are on our own. In today's message, Francis Chan calls us to fully embrace the reality of our total dependence on God and our deep interdependence on the body of Christ. It's just there's something about gathering together with people that just want truth and God so badly. Um, But this morning's was the best, like the best. Um, And and I I had so many thoughts I wanted to share today. And then this morning happened and. I'm going to try my best to because even some of the things you shared were so similar. Um, So Justin, my son-in-law came and for those who don't know, my daughter, Rachel, she's super pregnant. Like any second, we thought it was like a week and a half ago. Like for those who've had a baby, like, that last uncomfortable, like, get this thing out of me. Um, I'm done with it, you know, like, move on. And and so we didn't know if he was going to show up this morning. Um, and that's an important fact, and you'll, you'll see in a moment. But, you know, he prayed, and, you know, he should stay there in some ways. Like, gosh, it could be any second. Should I leave? Should I go meet with the guys? And he prayed about it. Like, I'm just going to go. I mean, it's only a couple blocks away. But... Uh, so he comes and he just starts sharing about John chapter 15. Now, John chapter 15, a lot of you guys know, is where Jesus describes himself as the vine and we are the branches. You know, and since we got a short botany lesson this morning, I thought I'd continue the idea of, but he says, if a man remains in me and I in him, He'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We all know that. Like you can't grab a branch from a tree and cut it off and expect it to do anything. It's got to stay connected. Okay, you've got to stay connected. And and so even this morning, I'm thinking, okay, right now, it'd be very easy for me to think, man, I, I counted the other day. I've probably preached close to 10,000 times, somewhere between eight to 10,000. I just roughly guess, you know, based upon how many times a year and how many times I do a service, da, 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 about eight to 10,000 times. It's very easy for me right now to go, I know what I'm doing. I can do this. I've done this 10,000 times. And the Bible says, No, if you're not abiding in me, this does nothing. Nothing's going to change. You're going to go away and nothing's going to stick. It's got to be abiding in him. I have to be in him right now. He has to be in me. I'm like that branch. I've got to stay connected. Otherwise, he says, you, you can do nothing. And so this idea of abiding in him, I know is old to some of you. 
You're like, oh yeah, I read that passage forever. And this is what we do. We, we go teach me something new. And so my job today, teach you something new, something you didn't know. Because that's the way the enemy is conditioning our minds. You see, the other day I read the news. When I grew up, you had to have a newspaper and you had a delivery boy and he sent it, you know, and on and on and on. Um, you got to find the things you want to read. Now, like, like the other day, I, I caught myself. I'm, I'm reading the news. This is how I read the news. And then I thought, I just spent probably less than two minutes. And I consumed probably a dozen news articles. Just like, I get the main point. Okay, great. There was a flood. Okay, boom. Another one's coming. Oh, wow, an alligator ate a lady. That's weird. You know, I just, right? That's how we consume the news. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, the, it just goes on and on and on. You're just really fast. Like, oh, Ukraine, that's still going. Uh, Trump, oh, what's he saying this time? Okay. You just move on and you consume. And so when you come here, it's like, I, I had this thought, this thought, this thought. Oh, they gave a thought. David gave a thought. Francis gave a thought. Ray will come up and give a thought. And we just move from one thing to another. And, and, and so when you go, okay, yeah, I'm the vine, you're the branches, you said it. We got to abide in him. Okay, let me move to the next point. The next point is, oh, you know, if you want the best fruit. And this morning, we just sat in it and said, look, I want to, when we prayed, I said, look, there's a danger this morning that we're going to move on. And that's not going to stick. And in prayer, I'm not saying this is of the Lord. I'm not saying it's not. Um, but a thought came to my mind, and it was so gross. I was like, I don't want to share that. Um, but then I thought, you know, a lot of things in the Bible are gross. If you really read it and really understand what they're saying, it's like disgusting, you know, like, you know, like a dog throwing up and going back and eating it. It's like, ugh. you know, he says that's the person who, you know, knows his sin is gross, walks away and then comes back to it. And and so here's a phrase that went through my mind when we were praying. It was spiritual diarrhea okay i just said it um and i think about when we went to hong kong a little while ago like i had diarrhea like physical and and every day lisa's like checking on me and i'm just like you know what it's actually kind of nice i can eat anything i want and i'm not going to gain weight like i'm in the place of the greatest food i count it a blessing that for a whole week, it was like, wow, eat whatever I want. Yeah, give me more. Because uh, you ever just like, oh, I wish I was still hungry. I always was. And, but the idea is, I, I feel like that happens to us spiritually. Like, nothing really sticks. You just learn a lesson, you move on, you learn a lesson, you move on, rather than really knowing and abiding 
And that's, that's the idea is we know, okay, I, I'm, I'm a branch and I need to abide in him. But the idea is, is that going to stick with you? Are you going to move on from here? And the moment you leave today, you're going to think about something else. And so it never actually nourishes you. Like it, not, it never just, and this whole idea of, yes, you've heard the lesson that you need to abide in Christ, but have you been living in him? And I do believe that there was something prophetic or, or at least a lesson to be learned in, in that picture of my daughter Rachel right now with this baby who is truly abiding in her. Okay, that's a picture of abiding in someone. You've got this infant, this baby that is abiding, living inside. Like, is that, does that describe you in Christ? Because he says, if a man abides in me. That's why I love communion. It's such a great picture of that, of this isn't just something we touch, but it's something that actually enters into us. And God says it's a, it's a fellowship in 1 Corinthians 10. It's like a, a union abiding in me the flesh and blood of Christ. Picture just an infant inside the mother's womb. I mean, you had the perfect picture right there of Brianne. You've got one inside, you got one on your lap. You know, like, it's pretty cool. Um, and the idea of abiding in That's why I, I really believe that this whole demonic thought of, oh, that's just a little blob that's attached to the woman's body rather than the beauty of, no, this is a person in here abiding and yet taking all the nutrients, the nourishment that if you were to cut that cord, it wouldn't survive. Like everything is abiding. So that child inside of Brienne, I hope that wasn't a secret. Okay, okay. Uh, it just hit me like, <sighs> you know, some people don't want to know. And Okay. Um, so it's just that whole picture. Like I never thought about it that like that. Like that's what I want to be this morning. Like that's the goal. Abiding in Christ, saying, God, everything. I can't survive without you. But just like we want to move on with life and let's get this baby out, let's cut the cord, let's get it walking, talking, moving on to live independently from me, you know? And by the time they're 18, it's like, yes, let's get it out of the house, let's get, you know, it can be that way where it's like move on move on move on and it's so counterintuitive for us to go no actually with christ 
I want to find myself more and more dependent on him. I want to climb back into the womb and just go, look, I need to completely attach myself to you. And I am sorry for my independent spirit. And I mean, you got to remember, we live in a country built on independence. This is what we declare. And so we are living in an environment that is everything is about us as individuals. I was thinking about this morning just because it's Sunday and it's football day and I like watching football. And someone asked me, who's your team? And I'm like, gosh, I don't even have a team anymore because of fantasy football. You just you just kind of like, well, I like this guy from here, this guy. From, we're just we're not about teams anymore. There's no loyal athletes to their team. It's just where am I going to get my money? Where am I going to get the best for me? That's all we think. And it's all about independence. And yet the scripture's so different. Uh, two weeks ago, I was preaching uh, out of 1 Corinthians 12. And I was so convicted. It was like the fear of God just came upon me over this passage. And I realized that embarrassing but i've kind of looked at first corinthians 12 like a cute analogy like oh we're like a body that's cute okay who's the fingers who's the toes you know because the bible says we're all these different parts of the body and we're supposed to come together and and it says things like the 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 parts that seem unpresentable are actually the ones that are most uh indispensable most needed and the whole idea was that we were supposed to come as a body. And so I've, I've made jokes about this passage. And, not you know, it was just a cute, like, okay, okay, you know, who's the appendix? You know, that's the one that has real no function, but it could explode and kill us all. You know, like, you, you just start going, okay. But, but there, you know, when I was reading it this time, I thought, oh, gosh this is the word of god there are strong commands here where like when god says you cannot you cannot do this those are usually the passages where i go whoa he says you must not i better obey that one And in 1 Corinthians 12, he, he says, look, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. I don't know. It's like the first time almost. Maybe I've noticed it before, but it's just like God just told me I can't do something. You cannot so I cannot, according to God, it, you know, let's make sure we're all on the same page. We all believe there's a holy God on his throne right now. And he actually determines, so someone right now determines whether or not my pancreas is working right now. I don't know what pancreases do, but it, 
I know if they go bad, it's bad. But I, I honestly don't know what a pancreas does, and that's embarrassing. B, Ryan, what do they do? You know. Don't. What? Regulates insulin? Okay. Who knows what insulin is? Okay. So, uh, anyways, it's like that teacher that uses a big word, and you're like, that didn't help me any in your definition. Um, so, insulin, you got to regulate it, you know? I guess. Um, but uh, the, the whole idea is I have no clue what my pancreas does, and there's someone on the throne right now who's in complete control of it. That's so humbling. I can't make this thing keep working. I can't make my kidney work. I can't make my lungs. I know what lungs are. I can't make my lungs work. Like, do you believe, are we on the same page? It's someone is, there's like this being in heaven sitting on the throne and he's actually in charge of whether my lungs keep working through the rest of this talk and yours like we have no control i don't care how healthy you feel i don't care how brilliant you think you are and you can define what a pancreas does and what insulin is and everything else wow i don't care you know you're you're still not in control you know I don't care how strong physically you are. Like, you have no control. I don't care how successful you are in life, how much money you make, how many people are a part of your company, how many followers you have on IG. You know, it's just like, whatever. It's like there's one person on the throne, and he's determining if I live through this talk. And so, man, that's, that's great. You're famous. You're strong. You're rich. You're whatever. You're brilliant. It's like, there's someone in charge right now. And he tells me you cannot say to another part of the body, I don't need you. So the one who's in charge on his throne, commands me. He says, Francis, you can't say to Aaron or to Quan, I don't need you. You can't say to Matt, I don't need you. I can't say to B, I can't say to Sydney, I don't need you guys. What's the opposite? It's saying, look, Matt, I know I made you mad or whatever. It's hypothetical, maybe, I think, maybe. Um, but please don't leave. Don't leave me. I need you. Be, I mean, yeah, go to Hong Kong. But you know what I mean? <laughs> like, don't leave. Like, like you we we'd be so messed up without Ryan and B and Zeke and Zane and especially Zoe. Um because she's the cutest Takasugi. Um 
Right, Zoe? You know it, too. That's what's so cool. Um, but the Bible says, like, that's supposed to be my attitude. And this is where I got to confess, like, I've made a lot of mistakes. When I was studying this a couple weeks ago, I thought, whoa, God. I am so sorry. You know, when Lisa and I first got married, um, January will be 30 years. Um, when we first got married, we were a part of a church. And everyone in that church was fighting. Okay? And we didn't know who's on whose side. It was kind of like the elders were kicking out the senior pastor. The senior pastor was saying, you know, the elders are screwed up. And the senior pastor was getting kicked out. And they were saying, okay, Francis, why don't you take over the church when you get back from your honeymoon? I'm like, all right. You know, and then I get back and there's more fighting. No, we don't really want you. Um, you're too close to the pastor. I'm like, what the heck? You know? And... I remember just looking at my new wife, and I'm like, you know what? This is so not even a church. I'd rather just meet in our house with a couple friends. And at least I know where the money goes. I know I can say whatever I want to say from the word of God. They're not going to limit what I say. I just want the real thing. Now, God blessed that. Me and my, you know, my desire was, God, I want a real church. I want the pure thing. I want the real thing. And and so then I started this church out of my house. And then, then we decided, you know, let's rent like a, uh, a junior high cafeteria. I remember the first Sunday we had in the cafeteria. It was already bigger than the church that we left. And so I'll admit there was a side of me of, oh, you guys don't want me? I'll start my own church. You guys want to fight and this and that? I'm going to do my own thing over here. And then on the first Sunday when our parking lot was full in this middle school, and then we start growing to thousands of people. I mean, and, and I understand not everything was because of competition. I'm just saying there was sin in me. And there was a part of me that was like for many years. I, I don't think God really revealed it to me till a couple weeks ago. Because I'm a results person. I'm about accomplish. And so even this morning, the revelation of if you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. I realize, man, my mind is focused on bearing fruit. I just want to get as much fruit. I want to accomplish so much in my lifetime. I, so at the end, God goes, well done. You killed it down there. Look at all the things you did. Look at all the books you wrote. Look at all the people you spoke to. Look at all the money you gave away. Look at everything you sacrificed. Well done, good and faithful servant. Now there's truth to that. We're not here to just sit around. I'm just saying you may be like me where you're obsessed with results. And what I love about John 15 is in God's grace, he goes, hey, you guys that are like Francis, that just want results, achievements. In my grace, I'm going to tell you this. 
If you don't abide in me, if you don't live inside of me, I promise you, none of your fruit's going to last. So now I'm forced to abide in God. I'm forced back into that womb. And this morning with the guys, we're just like, God, there's no point in doing anything unless you and I are one right now. And then what happens when you're there and you're just abiding in God and you just realize I am just resting in your love right now, suddenly you get to a point where I don't really care about fruit right now. This is the greatest. And I was seeing, oh, that's God's grace. He knew that there'd be those of us who are obsessed with achieving things. And he loves us so much. And he knows the accomplishments aren't going to fulfill you. Only I am. And so I'm going to make you abide in me to get those results. And then once you're abiding in him, you're like, oh, you tricked me. Now that I'm abiding with you, I don't really care what I do with my life. I don't care who knows me. I don't care how much money I have. This is insane. I am one with my creator. It's, he is so good, so kind. He's like, don't you understand? And my right hand are pleasures forevermore. So those of you, he knew there'd be people who are addicted to pleasure. He goes, I don't care. Take every drug you want. This is going to lead to death. Try to fulfill yourself sexually anyway. Just go after it. It's all going to lead to nothing. But at my right hand are pleasures forevermore. You want pleasure, come to me. And you go to him and you realize, wow, there's nowhere else I'd rather be right now. It's so good to be in this womb and you're just feeding me. You're nourishing me. Sorry for just cutting that cord and running off. And then he says that to the church. That same independent spirit that goes, you know what? You guys don't agree with me. I'm out of here and I'm going to do my thing. And God's saying, man, you can't say that. You cannot say that to another part of the body. And I think I've justified in my mind, like, but God, it was just so much more efficient. If I had stayed in that little old Baptist church, you saw the way the old people were. They weren't going to let me do anything, you know? And then, and then they're always skeptical about this, 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 this. And so it was most efficient. Because this is the way I was raised. You just do whatever's most efficient. Okay, good. You guys have your little old people's service and bicker about these stupid things. I'm going to go change the world. That seems way more efficient. So you guys can keep your little couple hundred people and sing your old songs and bicker and gossip. You do your thing. Let me do my thing. Man, the kingdom's going to go forward. See, but I'm thinking as a CEO, I'm thinking as a businessman, I'm thinking about how to grow this thing. And God's saying, I didn't call you to be a CEO of a Christian business. I called you to be an elbow. I called you to be a part of a body. 
and to, to look at you now and go, please don't you ever leave me. Marcus, please. We've stuck it out this long. I need you. Like, I need you. And then God from his throne. Like, what is the goal of this? I'm sorry, my mind, natural default is business. Like, I'm hired as a CEO to grow this thing wherever I go. And is that the way God wants us to look at this? Or does God just want to look down and go, Wow, Francis just said to Marcus, I need you. Please don't leave me. I'm like the elbow and you are the bicep. You know, like, I need to stay attached. I mean, elbow is just like, it's pointless. Like, And God's looking down and goes, I think Francis means that. He means it. He never wants to be separated from Marcus. And the pleasure of God. It's like, okay, that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted in a body. He goes, I'll make it grow. Okay? You just focus on loving each other like I told you to. If you leave, I mean, yeah, leave, go on your mission. You need to do that. But again, same thing. Like, But you detach yourself from the body. It's going to hurt us. It's going to hurt you. This whole independent American spirit is not biblical. This whole efficient CEO, what's going to produce the greatest result? God says, abide in me. Let me abide in you. And if you want to see something crazy, start abiding in one another. And start becoming a body and see what happens. Stop trying to be so professional. Because I tell you, I could just hire some great Christian musicians and leaders and we'll create something that might have numerical growth. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing or whatever. I'm just saying it'll be very explainable. Oh, well, Francis hired this guy and this girl and this person and that person. They bought this building. Woo, you know. It's like Tesla. There's nothing supernatural. It's like, I can explain what happened. You got this brilliant guy, and he did this, 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 and he built it up. God's always been in the business of just obey me. Just march around the city seven times. I know it sounds crazy. Watch what happens. I know, just dip your staff in that sea and see what happens. Just pray. And ask fire to come down from heaven and watch what happens. Just obey me. And if you abide in me and my words actually abide in you, and they don't just slip right through, you ask whatever you wish, it'll be done for you. And so the revelation I had reading 1 Corinthians 12 is, yeah, I can look back and try to justify, oh, man, I left that church, but those elders were not being biblical. I knew the Bible better than them. And look what God did as a result. Thousands, thousands every weekend came. Baptisms every week. We planned like eight, nine churches. We started a Bible college. Man, we, the podcast went all around the world. 
And then I look back, I go, you know what? I had no right to look at that church and say, I don't need you. I'm better off if I separate from you. Even though I can use Christianese words like, well, it's best for the kingdom. And I've had to repent before God going, I'm sorry. I didn't know your word. I didn't see it as a command. I didn't take it seriously. And it's not like a it's not like I'm beating myself up over it. I'm just going, wow, this is really beautiful, your word. What you're saying is it really takes a lot of the pressure off. It just gets me focused. And I go, okay. Sean, don't leave me. I need you in my life. I really do. And I believe that. David, don't leave me. We're supposed to do this thing together. And I'm realizing it's not about a CEO who is orchestrating things. Somehow, when we come together, and whether it's at a leaders meeting, any church home gathering, you're supposed to come like a part of the body and your goal is to attach yourself in love through Christ to the other people in that room. You're not trying to lead them because your opinion and your ideas are better than theirs. In fact, it's almost like we come together to form a headless body. Okay, picture me without a head right now. Okay, that's the idea is we come as different parts, come together, and then humbly we just pray. Romans 8, what B read, you don't even know how to pray like you should. That's how mindless you are. That's how inferior your brain is. He goes, you don't even know what to pray for. How many times we walk in going, oh, I know what to pray for. It's these three people. They're screwed up. God, fix them, kill them. I don't care. But your church is messed up. I've done that. Just, you just think you know rather than going, you know what? I'm just an elbow. I'm going to come. I'm going to attach myself in love to these people. And then we're going to pray that the head of the church, Christ, mysteriously comes and there's one spirit and that he can really fill our minds and do things. You read that book of Acts. When they came together in one mind and spirit, not someone coming going, I got the answer. That's why pastors' gatherings are often everyone comes in. I got the answer. We're a bunch of CEOs that come in and go, I know the best way to do church. And then we just start fighting, 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 rather than coming together in love and going, we're just a headless body here. We're all, we all get it, God. Unless you give us truth right now, we're going nowhere. Come, head of the church, tell us what to do. We're just a bunch of ignorant kids, but we love each other, and we're not leaving each other. And I believe God just looks down and goes, oh. The eyes of the Lord roaming to and fro through the earth, looking for he whose heart is blameless so he can strongly support them. He's going, oh, there they are. There's that headless body. 
finally, a group of people who admit they don't know what they're doing. They can't even pray by themselves. Now I'm going to come, be the head of that church, direct them, and they're going to see things they could never have done on their own. You know, last thing I'm going to share, and I pray this sticks with you. It's a story Ryan told me, and I'm going to get it wrong, so this is a good time to share it, because then you can say, okay, this was off this. You guys were on your honeymoon in the Amazon. I got that right. And you saw the cocoa tree. You saw the cocoa tree. And... They, they're in the Amazon. Um, that's a forest, not ordering stuff. Uh, it's an actual place before it was a company. So there's an Amazon forest. It's like a rainforest. It's like kind of, kind of one of those last like raw places that's quickly getting eaten up. Anyways, so B notices this cocoa tree. Okay, so did you know cocoa comes from a tree? There's these beans. Um, I knew that. It's a trick. I looked it up, actually. Because I don't you know. It's like a pancreas. It just lets these beans out. And, uh, and so you've got this beautiful cocoa tree. And was it, Ryan, that you're the one that observed that, like, you thought it was a waste? Or was it B? Yeah. It never been touched, so he's seeing these beans fall to the ground like a gorgeous cocoa tree. And so he thought to himself, man, what a waste. Like, look at all these beans for all these years. It could have been harvested. I mean, if someone had collected those beans, you know, and packaged them, man, how many cocoa puffs could we have made from that tree? Like, you just, because that's the way we think. Production, that's a waste. It could have been packaged, it could have manufactured, it could have resulted, you know, in this, 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 this. And then there's a bee that just says, but what if God made that tree because he just loved watching those cocoa beans like fall to the ground like he intended it to. And he liked watching them fall to the ground, maybe get buried and died, and then something else sprouts up. And he's in heaven just going, ah, oh, that's so good. So beautiful. But we're always thinking production. And, and I realize that's what I do in the church. What's going to work? What's going to produce? What's going to do this? And what if all God in heaven wanted this morning was to just watch us abide in him? You know, just desire of our hearts is to climb back in the womb and say, sorry, can we attach this cord again, Lord? I need everything from you. And I am sorry for detaching myself from the body and even repenting of times we've left bodies of Christ and just assumed I'd be better off without you. And I believe it honors the Lord when I just go, Lord, if I had to do it over again, if you had revealed this to me 
30 years ago. I know now I shouldn't have left. I should have done so much. I should have looked at all those old people that were driving me nuts and go, look, I need you. This isn't going to work unless we stay together. So I can go, oh, but it was so much more efficient. I don't know that. What would God have done if at an early age I didn't have this CEO mentality and I just came as a member of the body and trusted the word of God and say, look, I am never going to attach. I will never detach myself from you. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, this marriage is hard. This marriage is hard. But let's figure this out. Let's fight it through. Let's humble ourselves. So God in heaven watches his cocoa tree right here and goes, that's all I wanted. When I started We Are Church, I had dreams of literally millions of people gathering in homes. Because again, I'm just thinking production. You know, we had a building that was thousands of people, but then I just, ah, I want to reach the masses. I get, I'm not happy with a few thousand people. I want to, and this is a chance to produce, produce, produce. Maybe that's not what it was about. It was just, I just want to see people love each other and need each other and quit trying to control everything. This is what pleases me. This is what Christ died on the cross for. It's for my pleasure, and I want to see this tree just rooted. I'm so glad you guys stuck around for those seven, eight years and just rooted in with us. I'm just so grateful, you know? Just so grateful for those of you I've stuck it out with. And uh, those of you who are new, I hope in the days to come you just get more attached and... Uh, I believe God is honored by this. So let me pray for us. And I, I hate to do this, but I have to slip out because I gotta go to a funeral right now. Um, just know that God wants us attached to each other. And we got to figure it out and make it work. God, I come before your throne right now. My brothers and sisters here need to abide in this teaching. They need to abide in you. They must abide in you. So, Father, please, from your throne of grace, force us to connect with you. Get us back connected with the vine with the other branches. We come before your throne of grace and we just tell you, Lord, we want to stay connected with you. Please, bind us to yourself. And I pray this sticks, that his word abides in us today, that we don't fall into the satanic trap of moving on 
from abiding in you, may we think about this. May we fellowship about this. May this consume our thoughts when we go to bed and when we rise to be one with you. You made us to dwell with you in the garden. You made us to dwell with you in the new heavens and the new earth. And you made us right now to abide in you and you in us. And there's no place we'd rather be than here in your love. Praise you, King Jesus. It's in your almighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Crazy Love Podcast. Join us next time for a new episode, but until then, for more resources from Crazy Love Ministries or to support the work of Crazy Love, please visit our website at crazylove.org.